Welcome to the Four Teachers Podcast. I'm your host, James Meston. Today on the podcast, we're going to be featuring an episode which is part of a fantastic series, all of which will be available on this channel, all to do with STEM, which Catholic Education Essay and EduChange produced last year. Uh, first, just quickly, if you do enjoy these episodes and want to hear more stories about what's happening across Catholic education in SA, I think you'll really enjoy the School Life podcast, all about what's happening in our schools from the students' perspective. I'll put a link to that channel in our show notes. Okay, add over. Here's the episode. My family background is from India and my parents aren't really that well educated. So everything that they know about the world is really just practicality. And I would want to say that I'm really the first one who's learning about all the theory and stuff. So I might learn something at school, I might go home and I'm like, hey, this doesn't work like that, it works like this. My parents, they encourage me to try to research about pretty much everything, try to look into why stuff works and how it works. And they want me to learn in a way that they couldn't, which is in a really inquisitive nature. STEM education is undoubtedly a hot topic in education systems worldwide. In this Catholic Education South Australia STEM podcast, we talk to leaders in science, technology, engineering and maths about the value of STEM learning and the future of STEM careers. These are the stories of STEM in South Australia. Over the last few weeks, I've had the pleasure of speaking with leaders in STEM industries and education in South Australia and with some year 11 and 12 students from Catholic Education South Australia schools to bring together this podcast. In this special podcast episode, you'll hear more from Year 11 and 12 students at Thomas More College and St. Michael's College about their opinions on great teaching and learning, STEM education, STEM industries, and the future of work. I'm Maddie Scott-Jones, Chief Operating Officer at Education Changemakers, and it was my absolute pleasure to work with these thoughtful and insightful young adults as we brought you this podcast series. The future is in bright hands. Hi, I'm Saskia. I'm Fernando. Hi, I'm Paris. Hi, I'm Saxon. I'm Alana. Hi, I'm Danica. I'm Alicia. So I began my conversations with Sanskar, Fernando, Paris, Saxon, Alicia, Danica and Alana, asking them what is it that they want to do when they leave school? I'm hoping to get an undergraduate degree in uh, physiotherapy or occupational therapy to study at UniSA or Flinders. Well, I actually want to study Masters of Computer Science and go into sort of the AI fields and work with scientists all around the world to see the problems that they have and hopefully try to solve them. Possibly something in biotechnology. I find that really fascinating and it's like a new field with nanotechnology, biotechnology and that is kind of what I like. It's like giving nanotechnology a real purpose which could help other people around because I would like to do medicine and that kind of stuff but I can't really handle like those kind of things. So <laughs> this is my gonna be my way of trying to help out the world. So I think I wanna do high performance computational physics, which is a degree at Adelaide Uni. So it's a four year course. It's a double degree because of the amount of work. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's basically um, programming, math, physics, a lot of all of it. So when I get out of uni, I'll be able to basically program supercomputers I have a few different passions, I guess. Uh, one of my biggest passions actually lies outside of STEM. I would love to be an author myself. But apart from that, I have an interest in astrophysics and that kind of field understanding deeper space and how 
physics works in space. Yeah, so after school, I've got my heart pretty much set on doing, hopefully getting into the advanced computer science course. Um, the reason for that is because I want to major in AI, artificial intelligence. Um, and that's sort of my dream, especially with all this, all these new things being developed. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of Neuralink, uh, Elon Musk's like latest project sort of thing that he unveiled. It's basically reducing the output bottleneck of the human, so basically connecting your brain directly to a computer. All that sort of thing is really, really fascinating. So I think you'll agree, I was speaking with a group of particularly switched on and passionate learners. These students could choose to study anything, but STEM has captured their imagination and I was really interested in understanding why STEM appeals to them. With STEM, it is the leading way of the future and a lot of people in society do recognise it, but not enough, I'd say. It really depends on who you're talking to, honestly. But um, my passion for STEM, I don't know, I'm just a very logical person and I just kind of like the idea of logic in a sense yeah the mathematics computer science it just all kind of appeals to me and I just like to get a deeper understanding of like the world. To me STEM for me it's so exciting because I like to change my perspective on how I see the world I like to enjoy how things work especially things like uh, for me Newton's laws was kind of a big step into seeing how everything kind of moved like the whole uh, action reaction pairs on the third law the law of inertia as well especially things like physics and mathematics how i've incorporated them into my life my daily life and i think to me that's really interesting in stem i've always been really inquisitive of how stuff works and coming into high school learning chemistry and physics and maths you get to connected to everyday life like you might see something in your house it's like hey i know how that works or i know what's that made what that's made from and then that led me into my love for technology as well, where I would have like radios and stuff. I would take it apart, put it back together, see how it works. So in having conversations with leaders in STEM industries and in STEM education, I was made aware of the diversity in definitions and understandings of STEM learning. So when STEM was first introduced to me as a graduate teacher in 2011, the integration of the subjects and potential for real-world applications because of this integration was highlighted as one of STEM's biggest assets. However, in my conversations with both Martin Westwell and Tom Lowry, they emphasise the need to focus less on integrating the disciplines within STEM and instead giving learners a chance to dive deeply into disciplines. So for them, STEM learning is about the application of the general capabilities or the 21st century learning skills to deep content knowledge. And I was really interested to understand whether the year 11 and 12 students I was speaking with valued integrated learning or instead this acquisition of deep content knowledge that they could later apply. I think that it's more effective to have individual subjects than having one block of STEM. Um, I think that it's a lot better for a person to sort of invest their time into a specific area that they're most interested in. But the thing with the STEM subjects is that everything kind of blends into one another at the high level. I mean, chemistry at a really high level and physics at a really high level and math at a really high level kind of blends together. But physics is basically what math applied in the real world. In a way, it is all interconnected uh, at the university level, but at the uh, level that we're learning it in school and at senior college, I guess, while you're still at this lower level or intermediate level, I feel like it should definitely be split up so that people can 
uh, see what they're most interested in and which pathway they'd rather invest most of their time into. Yeah, I'd say that choice is definitely important because rather than having that one big block, um, being able to choose your specific field, choose what you're interested in, as Paris said, um, it allows for your interests, whereas if you're forced to undertake everything, you may find yourself less interested in kind of your level of care for the whole thing drops. Um, I feel that learning more deeply in a specific area of a subject is actually more helpful because the deeper you go, the more of an understanding you get. And then you see how that subject or that issue relates to other stuff. Like you might be researching something in chemistry of like chemical somewhere. And then you might see how math might relate or engineering might relate or how it's developed over the years. So having a deeper understanding uh, is better than just like skimming over stuff because what schools do right now is they give you lots of information, but then you just try to memorize it for like tests or exams or stuff. But the assignments that we do, the research assignments, they let you go in deeper to understand the concept. And then you come back and then when you try to solve the problems, it's much easier because you know how things work. Um, I do think that having individual subjects and individual learning for each one is the best way to go about it because they do integrate and it is nice to see that. But in order to understand how they integrate, you have to first understand the topic at hand. And that's going to be hard if you're too busy, like swapping from one to another all the time. I think it's important to point out here that our students aren't asking for skills and drills and delivery of content devoid of context. They're keen to dive deeply into discipline areas that they feel are passion aligned and they want to use the knowledge and skills they acquire through applying these to the real world. Throughout my journey in high school, a lot of the things we learn are theory, but I'm more so leaning towards all the practical things that we do. So for example, in year 10, I did robotics. But during that time, the teacher would explain all the theory behind how it works, all the coding and all the syntax and stuff. But it was more interesting to me to actually use that code and then try to incorporate it into the problems and actually go hands-on with it. Same with physics and chemistry. You can really only understand it when you've practically done it, when you see what actually happens like you can see videos and stuff but it's not you can't understand as much uh, as when you do it practically because you make mistakes and you find out why you made the mistake and then you try to improve on the mistake physics can apply to almost everything in well everything in movement and everything in society and everything around because it just it it connects everything works together and everything has a reason and a chain reaction and everything the way I learn is I need to understand why that happens, how that happens, and like whether or not it's actually logical in the context of like real life. So if I can apply that question, then I'm able to understand everything behind it. Possibly the most stigmatised STEM subjects is mathematics, and as a maths teacher myself, I thoroughly enjoyed exploring maths teaching and learning with Paris, Alana, Danica, Sansgar, Fernando, Saxon and Alicia. We spoke about the fact that this relevance of learning and the ability to apply abstract concepts is particularly important in developing passion and skill in maths. I used to wonder to myself why we were learning certain topics in mathematics and where it could be applied in the real life to myself. I used to think, 
And I'm sure everyone's thought this way at some stage, oh, when I go to the grocery store, why do I need to know how to find the square root of eight? Oh, I agree. I've definitely thought to myself, why are we learning this? Like, is this going to help me? But the thing with maths is, is you start out with a topic and you start learning something small. Then you learn something else about the topic and then it all kind of forms together. And that's kind of how it works in the real world too. Like you get these little bits of knowledge on the topic and then eventually you can solve the much harder problems. And that's where it's all going to come in the real world when you're solving real life issues and trying to solve those problems. You're going to have to draw on everything you know. As I'm getting older and as I'm becoming more invested in um, programming and computer science, I'm finding that I draw upon lots of my mathematic knowledge and everything sort of comes into one. I think that when people question why they're learning something in mathematics, it's purely out of interest most of the time. And when those questions aren't really answered, that's what causes a lack of interest. This conversation led on to some reflections from Sanskar in particular about his perceptions of the current education system and the need for a greater emphasis on application in our curriculum and assessment structures. I feel like the structure of the education that's given to us right now, the theory is important, but I feel like there's the structure is more lenient towards the theory. And I feel that there's not many opportunities to go hands-on and practical. Like last year, we had a careers week and I was really excited throughout the whole week because I got to go to uh, the local airport and go to like a union see how they're 3D printed stuff. So I feel like with like the safe structure and stuff, if there's more opportunities to go out into the world and then experience it firsthand, then that might be really more helpful than just doing assessments and like doing research about something. Work experience was a hot topic amongst our year 11 and 12 students. Fernando, Sanskar and Alicia all recognised the value of being able to get into the STEM fields and experience the industries hands-on before and during university experiences to support them to make the right decisions and for them to understand better the skills, knowledge and dispositions that will be required of them should they choose to pursue a career in STEM. Like work experience is like pretty much key for us getting jobs in the future. And I think it's vital for us and like for like seniors in like all of these career pathways that we are able to get some sort of work experience, especially after graduating university or even during university to help us actually develop our own careers and pathways. Um, I would be most interested in maybe working one-on-one with one of the um, experienced people and asking them what drew them to this and what drove them to pursue this and maybe get some insight on what they studied in high school or what they studied and what they needed to know to get into uni. I especially feel that schools don't exactly make it clear what the courses in uni and what the careers from after uni are going to incorporate. So you might go onto like a uni website, you might look at a course and then it might have a short description but that's not as good as having like a personal talk with an experienced person for like 20 or 30 years, seeing what they do in their everyday lives, like any, like any problems that they're solving right now currently or anything that they're going to try to do, how they solve it, how they come about the problem. I think that's not really introduced into schools and that makes choosing career, careers and courses really hard. You don't just sit in like an office and just 
do work all day. You go out into your field, you do research, then you come back, you try to work on the problem and then you solve it. So in our school life, we don't exactly get to see that around school or at home or anywhere. So I would personally want to practically go with the person, preferably, and then see what they do, how they solve the problem, and how they deal with like any issue. It was at this stage that I started to wonder if the future of work was something that these young people were worried about. Do the advances in technology fascinate or terrify them? And as passionate learners still in school, did they worry about the fact that robots were coming to take their jobs? For me, what excites me the most is how far we're going to be able to use technology. So what breakthroughs are we going to be able to make? Will we be able to cure cancer? Will robots be able to perform surgeries? All that kind of stuff. It'll make things a lot more efficient, a lot more um, less costly. But the downsides are obviously the jobs. The job market will, will be uh, plummeting really badly, which is pretty bad. But that, I think that's why STEM and those kind of subjects are much more vital in this like age because we're getting more involved with technology and we need more people to kind of develop that technology to make our lives easier. Does that mean, Fernando, that you're worried about getting a job when you leave school? Uh, me? No, not necessarily, mainly because like even if we're relying more on robotics, there's always going to be uh, engineers and stuff who are going to be more dominant because of those robotics. I mean, we're going to need people to actually make them, service them, uh, develop them, those kinds of things. And that, that's kind of the stuff I want to do. So to me, I, I think I'm safe. What about you, Alicia? I know you've got your heart set on being a physiotherapist when you leave school. Uh, so for me personally, because the physical aspect of STEM and those sciences, uh, I think that it won't have as much of an impact towards me because nothing can replace the help of like a human a human hand and maybe it will help with rehabilitation as I can have more resources to help other people such as prosthetics and all those two other things to help those other people and it also even though some people may lose uh, certain jobs or certain places of work then even though it's being lost there are still new places coming up so for example AI and all the technologies are going to be um, like thriving in the next 10 20 15 years. AI or artificial intelligence was something that came up again and again in my interviews with students it's something they're reading about they're talking about they're thinking about let's hear from them. So thinking about the future and let's just talk about AI and just how people think that robots are gonna take over the world. Uh, I'm not exactly scared, I'm also excited because it's a surprise. And even in the past, whenever there's something new, people are always inquisitive and other people take that as being scared. But when more and more people get interested into that, there are many more breakthroughs in stuff that's connected to it. So AI isn't just like applications or like your TV or your phone. AI can be used in chemical analysis and identification, maybe even like hard problems that we might think are easy to solve, like optimizing. Like I wanna go from here to Melbourne, but what's the most optimal transport? Is it by car, is it by train, is it by plane? Which car should I take, what time of day? So robots can actually really help us do the really small things that we think are really easy to comprehend. 
But when we actually try to develop the problem, develop the AI, we find out that it's really complex. Artificial intelligence is the way of our future, and a lot of people don't realise the true effect that it will have on us and that it already does have on us. Um, a classic example is the stock market. Uh, a lot of the algorithms that manage the stock market have all been produced by artificial intelligence now. People don't actually know the exact algorithms. They don't know how it actually works because it's all just evolved um, through artificial intelligence. And the power that artificial intelligence will have over humanity due to the amount of data that we all possess and that we all have online and the way that our personal lives are basically completely um, online. I think artificial intelligence will have a huge impact on us in everything that we do in, uh, from an economical standpoint, from a knowledge standpoint. And so that's the, definitely the area that I want to go into and I definitely want to work on some form of artificial intelligence. I think that's probably the most likely way that I can make a difference in the future. AI is sort of trying to mimic how we think. So we're trying to create a version of ourselves and the thing is we can only calculate or comprehend so much of the stuff, but AI can do multiple things at a time, whereas we can't, so that really intrigued me. Alongside all of the benefits of AI, I wondered if our young people were also thinking about some of the challenges that might arise, in particular, the ethics of artificial intelligence. That is actually a huge concern of mine. The, the thing is with AI is that it's advancing so quickly and it's just it's going to advance exponentially. It's just going to advance quicker and quicker. That's the way that AI works. And the thing is, is that when we, these governing bodies that put in these regulations and manage things, it takes years or months to implement and to, um, I guess, enforce these rules and regulations. And I think that that's going to be far too slow to stop AI from emerging. Um, I was actually listening to a podcast where Elon Musk was talking and he tried to uh, get a lot of companies together to actually enforce some form of regulations or to create a governing body. But there wasn't really much cooperation. So I think that it is definitely required, but a lot of people don't understand it. Um, and it's going to be too late before anything is implemented. That's the way I see it. STEM fields and industries are relatively new and so my final conversation with our year 11 and 12 students was around what their parents thought about their passion for STEM and future career choices. I think my parents are excited for me to go into it and they want me to kind of develop the future in their own words but they're also kind of worried about it. They're scared that like you know I might get hurt somehow, not sure how. Um, but they're also scared because they don't understand it at the same time. They All they know is that it's the future, in a sense. They, they want me to help develop the future. They don't know what that, that's about, except for robots and AI, I guess, and they barely know what that means. But they, they also know, like, like the job market, everyone knows about that. Most adults these days do. I guess they're, they're worried about their own jobs as well, because they, their jobs aren't really so difficult, in, in a sense. Or I wouldn't say difficult, but it's it could possibly be done by, like, AI or robotics. So I guess they're worried about that, but at the same time, they're excited for me. They, they want me to have a good future, a bright future. My family background is actually from India, and 
my parents aren't really that well educated so everything that they know about the world is really just practicality and i would want to say that i'm really the first one who's learning about all the theory and stuff so i might learn something at school i might go home and i'm like hey this doesn't work like that it works like this and they might be sort of scared because for the whole of their life they've known something and then i come along and then i say that no it actually works like this so sometimes they're proud that i might have found something out and they really want to learn about it and then i talk to them but really my parents they encourage me to not just stick to one thing but try to try to research about pretty much everything try to look into why stuff works and how it works and they want me to learn in a way that they couldn't which is in a really inquisitive nature from with my parents being from quite a poor country seeing that their daughter is thriving in this stem practice and learning new things that they couldn't even imagine could be possible is making them very excited so what rehabilitation and physiotherapy to them like 50 years ago is completely different to what that is now and not only will that kind of scare them in some sense because i'm doing something that they don't completely understand is just kind of exciting to me because i'm doing something that maybe 50 or 100 years ago didn't even exist at that point yeah my parents aren't invested in stem fields at all um mostly play opposite in the englishy sort of fields but yeah they definitely support me in everything that they do they um love seeing what i'm doing they love checking up on me seeing what i'm working on um yeah i really good i really appreciate them and they definitely help me out in anything i want to do they're always willing to support me whether it's financially or uh to achieve or learn anything that i want to so The parents and schools of these students can be extremely proud of the seven young adults I interviewed for this podcast series. A big shout out to Thomas More College and to Sanska, Fernando and Alicia, and also to St Michael's College and Danica, Alana, Paris and Saxon, along with the teachers who made these interviews possible. Thanks for listening to another podcast from Catholic Education South Australia. For more information about our organisation, check out our website at cesa.catholic.edu.au.